0: Welcome to the podcast, Career Stories from the Field. I am Penny Strutton, a business psychologist and career coach, and for the last 10 years, I've worked with hundreds of people and helped them find a job or career that fulfills them. Very rarely do we see a straightforward career pathway. This podcast will showcase a variety of careers and highlight the career pathways people have taken to achieve their current position. It is the interesting routes, choices, opportunities and challenges that I will be exploring to showcase how different people have navigated their career. I'm hoping to help young people and career changers join the dots between subjects at school, tertiary education and job experience and give more people confidence to embrace opportunities that take them closer to a fulfilling career. This week I'm talking to Barry O'Loughlin. Barry spent the first 15 years flying planes for the military. He now holds the role of Chief of Staff and Strategy within one of Britain's leading government outsourcing organisations. So good morning. We are here today with Barry O'Loughlin. Welcome, Barry, to the very first interview on Career Stories from the Field.
1: Thanks very much. Pleasure to be here.
0: So... Tell us a bit about your current role and give us an overview of of what you've been doing recently.
1: My current role, I am the head of strategy for a large corporate uh, whose main customer is is in government. My role really extends across the whole organisation. I think there's about uh, 34,000 people all working towards what we do. And my role really is to make sure that... um, We're all aligned against the strategy that we've set out. So our organization has its goals and targets. We've decided how we're going to achieve those. And then it's trying to get all of those 34,000 people um, all working towards that. So we haven't got any wasted effort. Sounds very challenging. What exactly is your job title? Chief of Staff, Head of Strategy Execution.
0: Very nice. Very (laughs) nice. (laughs) So what do you particularly enjoy about that job?
1: I think it's the fact that I get to have a lot of influence across the organisation, but I get to do it by by helping people actually do better at their jobs, really. It's, it's about trying to remove barriers and obstacles from what they're trying to do. The fact that I don't speak to the same people every day, there's a huge amount of variety and, and half the time I'm learning something new.
0: Which is, I imagine, very important for you.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think the fact that each day, isn't the same and there is the variety it just stops you getting stale doesn't it you have to keep uh keep learning and trying to do better the following day than you did today to be honest
0: so is there any particular meaning that you derive from this role is that is that important to you deriving a meaning
1: yeah so i suppose it's it's understanding that that i'm coming to work and yes i get paid and uh you know all of that kind of stuff but actually at the end of the day what we provides is is an important service for for the public and and actually it's for important parts of the public so so it may well be people who are less well off and 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 require public services support whether it's making sure that hospitals function correctly if it's making sure that actually our armed forces are well supported in some of those aspects that they can't do for themselves and those are really key things as part of a community, and so that's the kind of meaning that I'm getting from what I do. so if I do my role well, all of those things should actually be a little bit better so so when you say about the meaning that's the reason that i'm I'm part of this organization
0: fantastic so did you always want to be the the chief of staff
1: no <laughs> <laughs> no no i didn't e- I didn't even know something like this existed uh, if i if I, if I'm perfectly honest. When I was uh, at school, my horizon was that you went to school, you passed your exams and whatever exams you passed meant what kind of job you ended up getting. And that was kind of it. I had one job that I wanted to do when I was at school and it certainly wasn't uh, a chief of staff or strategy role. Like I said, I didn't even know those kind of exams existed.
0: So tell us a bit about how you became this fantastic job title.
1: Yeah it is it, it is a great job title isn't it um and, and it doesn't really kind of explain what it does at all uh, if, if if I'm honest so I mean I've been in the the, the, the workforce now for 28 29 years so so, so it's been a long time coming and, and I've had this role for about the last two years so it's a long and winding path to here. My first real job uh out of out of school was joining the military where i flew for the air force uh and i and i did that for 15 years and after that i took up some interim roles while i decided what i wanted to do post military life uh as, as a transition into into a civilian career and uh, and i found myself part of the organization that i currently am um and i just worked in project and program management the project manager and then After that, a program manager and eventually just using the skills and the attributes and the networks that you pick up over the years found myself in the position of chief of staff, really, because it requires a lot of skills and attributes that aren't actually written on a piece of paper. So, so, so it requires you to, to, to be able to interact with people in a certain way, to see things from a certain point of view. And it's that that leads you really into this chief of staff role. And it really is. It's about making it easy for people to do their job and then taking pressure off of the CEO while he does his.
0: That's really fascinating. And I think. The uh, you know the starting point of your career being in the military and obviously being there for 15 years, um, flying for the military. I mean, gosh, that's that's every small boy's dream and maybe small girl's dream. So wow, what what an experience you must have had! But when you decided to leave the military and transition into civil street, how did you go through that process of working out what it is that you wanted to do next?
1: Yeah. I- uh, first of all, I would say that the process that I went through uh, wasn't particularly effective because uh, I, I, I didn't know what was required, really, uh, either of me or what the expectations were and or what I should really be doing. So... The Air Force was fantastic. You're absolutely right. It was my, my my dream job. And that was the only job I could ever see happening. As we all now appreciate, that isn't quite how <laughs> the world works. And uh, you don't really, it's very rare now to have just one career. Um, and I made the choice to, to leave. So So it wasn't as if it was an unexpected shock to me. The process that I went through, I featured very heavily on making sure that I was uh, kind of qualified. I had the right certificates in place. And therefore, you know, I, I must have been the perfect catch for anybody that needed somebody who had done some great things already in their career from my perspective. So the process that I went through actually was was a couple of years long. And uh, it required me actually getting experience in some of the areas that I had no experience in, although I had very good qualifications in. So. So what I would say is the thing that I learned most was learning about me rather than anything else. Um, And it was learning about the things that uh, I could take with me from my previous career into something new and what were the things I actually enjoyed rather than the things that I thought were required by a role or a job. Um, and, and like I said, that took some time. It, it, it took a number of years before I found myself in an organization that I felt comfortable with, um, and, 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 and could actually start to move up. So there were lots of false starts. There was a few interim roles that just apparently it became apparent really quickly that I wasn't suited for. They weren't suited for me. And, um, it's really about learning there's nothing wrong with that really um you, you know you just learn something and and move on from it so um yeah that that's been the biggest transition in my life so far was 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 leaving that
0: that's i think that's that's really fascinating because the 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 collection of skills you would have gained in the military is huge and then as you say you went through that process of, of really learning more about you and what you wanted to do what sort of jobs did you do afterwards I mean obviously flying planes to being you know chief people officer and strategy uh, is there's a massive gap there so tell us a bit about that journey what sort of jobs did you do as you progressed to this point
1: sure so um I think had a project management role in, a, in, a, in, a, in an electricity company uh, where I was tasked with making their call centres more efficient. Um, the next role after that was heading up a small team of business improvement specialists at a university. Uh, both of those roles were interim roles for six months where I was filling in for someone uh whilst they were on uh both of those were maternity leave actually uh, that i was i was covering for after that is when i joined my current organization but the position that i joined it in was as something called a program management officer and my job there was to uh create reports uh fill in spreadsheets and chase people up on actions that they hadn't done uh Ooh, at the end of the week yeah
0: exciting
1: <laughs> yeah um and and Yes, it was in some ways. I mean, as I've listed it there, I probably haven't sold it <laughs> particularly well. <laughs> but but actually, when you think about it, I'm now having to, to, to speak to people who don't answer to me. They don't have to do anything that I say. And and how do you start speaking to people to get them to do things for you that actually they don't have to if they don't want to? Um, it, you know, I've come from a very structured life where everybody knows where they stand and you know where they sit in in, in a hierarchy for example yeah and now it doesn't look like that anymore and so you know outside of the report building and spreadsheets and stuff there's that whole thing of people other people working with and for not necessarily because you are their boss um which which was really interesting and navigating that whole world was um was a new thing
0: so when you joined there, it was as a program manager, and then you've, you've had a few jobs there before you were promoted into this position. What were they?
1: Yep. So uh, I, I started off as a project manager, promoted to program manager. That's really just slightly more complex and bigger pieces of work uh, than you would get normally. And then there was a restructure, an internal restructure um, that opened up what they called some leadership roles. And one of the leadership roles was uh, called head of portfolio management. Looking at what that meant, it meant that rather than now delivering these programs and projects that were decided by somebody, uh, you know, this, these these pieces of work just get given to you. It was about deciding what pieces of work were the most important to be done. And that really just clicked in me. I thought that sounds good and it gave me uh, some line management responsibilities because there was then a team that would be mine to start doing this kind of stuff and I thought that really works for me actually making those bigger decisions about what we do rather than how we do it uh, or actually just doing it I had like more control or I could get a wider wider look at what the business was doing so I was like more in control of my own destiny or my own work day for example um and so I applied for that. And actually, before I applied for it, I, I spoke to the person who was advertising the role and said, look, this is where I'm coming from. This is my background outside of this company. I don't want to waste anybody's time. What gaps do you see here? Or is it worth me, you know, putting my CV forwards and then we can have, have the interview in the selection process? And uh, that person was really kind. They said, actually, it is worth you applying. You know, you need to have the confidence in yourself. You know, you might not... And, and, and I've been a long time out of the military by this stage. You know, you, know, you might not have bars on your shoulder or whatever stars on your <laughs> chest that, that yeah. tell you who you are. But come in here and just talk about what you have done in the past based on what you've seen in the job profile. And I was successful in getting the role, which was fantastic. And uh, that was the steepest learning curve. That I've had but it was the most enjoyable learning curve because I was working with somebody who provided that support rather than that direction you know gave me the confidence to make some decisions and actually see them through yeah I think head of portfolio management was that was was probably the stepping stone into the role that I'm in now and and that is that is the role that I had immediately before this one okay and like anything it's it's another progression It's just about, okay, so we've decided what projects and programs, these temporary things that we're going to do. And that's what the portfolio management piece was. The strategy enablement now is just taking that and making it bigger again. So here's the whole company, here's the whole organization. How do we go about achieving our goals and targets? What should we do? What shouldn't we do? What do we need to be aware of that's out there? What could catch us off guard? And having all of these things, and being able to turn those into tangible actions for people, that's that, that's my job. Yeah, and <laughs> that's, that's what you next. enjoy. Yeah, Yeah. It's just about breaking it down and giving people, at whatever level they are in the organization, the clarity that they're doing the right thing. So I don't need or nobody needs to really tell them what they should be doing right now. They already know. They know yeah. the right thing to be doing. And then that makes everybody's lives much easier, gives everybody a sense of ownership. All of those great things that just start to get me enthusiastic about coming to work.
0: Fantastic. Really fascinating career journey in terms of how you've tried different roles, how you engage in different opportunities, found yourself in this organisation, found uh, that you were able to make a difference, that you were well received, that you were making an impact and you know promoted up to the, to the position you are now. What would you say the key skills that you've utilised and developed starting maybe back in the military that you you still find essential for today?
1: Yeah that's a really good question actually. I would say it's nothing, I, I think I said this before, it's nothing that you could actually write down on a piece of paper to say that you have done uh, or, or, or yeah. studied or, or passed an exam in. Um So so the first of all is um, actually about building relationships. So, so that ability to be able to uh, sit down with a person that you may have known for a long time, or you may have only just met, but actually start to form a relationship based on mutual respect and an understanding of where each other are at in either their careers or the current task that you've got to do. And being able to work with people makes an enormous impact. I think it's said in lots of sports and you can have the flawed genius, somebody who is amazing at their job, but actually they're really unpleasant to work with or they disrupt a team or they're not particularly helpful when it comes to others. And actually you'd rather not have them in your team and you'd have somebody who was less of a genius at work, if you like, could actually work alongside people because you get more done. So I would say one skill has been able to build relationships with people. The second one is to actually not be afraid to change and not being afraid to change your own mind. So in my current role, we make decisions that, are really quite huge huge for the whole company but something could change or actually we could make some moves into a market into an area that actually they don't work and they've done that based on perhaps my recommendation well actually now you've got proof so it's okay to change your mind and you say well actually we were wrong. We need to change direction in what we're doing. And actually, I need to change the way that I'm doing it or the information that I'm receiving. Because actually, if you keep going down that same path, it's going to be worse for everybody in the long run. So actually, you know, it's not being about wishy-washy or anything like that, or can't you ever make your mind up? Make a decision. You work towards it. If the proof is now starting to tell you it's the wrong way to go, change. It's it's absolutely fine and it should be uh, accepted. And I think the third one, and and this is probably my, my favorite one, is, is respond, don't react. And this does go right the way back to probably the first weeks of my military career when I didn't even know how to iron my uniform properly and stuff like that. It was a reaction is immediate and it's based on nothing. It's based on a feeling, it's based on intuition, and you are just reacting immediately to whatever is put in front of you. Whereas if you respond you're actually taking control, you're actually taking in this information, you're making decisions based on that information, and whatever you decide is your response, so there's actually a process behind it. Now, it can be long and it could be really short, but responding is always better than reacting, because actually you've taken control of what you can control. Again, another phrase is control the controllables, isn't it? If you lash out, or if you make an emotional reaction based on nothing more than how it's made you feel, then you are potentially setting yourself down a path that you can't recover from. Whereas if you respond in some way, you already know what is going to happen after the next step. So it's a little bit of a chess match approach. It's like, if I make this move, X, Y, and Z could happen afterwards. And I think responding rather than reacting has probably being the key aspect in my post-military career that's got me the furthest I managed to avoid any of those situations which I certainly would have got myself into in my younger days of you know <laughs> immediately reacting to something that somebody said did or, or or otherwise made me feel threatened frightened didn't like didn't agree with yeah <laughs> you know all of those kind of things and uh, you know with a teenage stepson I'm uh, I'm learning that lesson deeper and deeper every day. <laughs>
0: oh, yes. <laughs> I think that is a fantastic skill and one that is, is really interesting to highlight because you're right, when we are faced with difficulty in some way, uh, something that doesn't uh, – when, when we're put in an uncomfortable position, uh, whether that might be through you know, external uh, events or another person communicating with us – it's so often that people respond from an emotional perspective, but being able to engage the logical brain in that moment is, is something that I know I coach a lot of people around. Uh, it's it's tough, but it's it's so important. And I can imagine, and gosh, when you were in the military, essential, um, and certainly now really, really important to be able to actually weigh, weigh things up in a logical way and, you know, implement the right response. And as you say, it might not be the right response in the long term and that's when your your ability to change is so important that's really fascinating so if we were to actually rewind back to your school days um i mean i know you said that you didn't even know this this job existed when you were at school uh, but what subjects did you take did you do a levels
1: i did yes i did um, and like a good student, I did the A levels that I thought were expected of me. Right. Um, so uh, yeah, I did um, I did maths, geography, and physics. Interesting. Yeah, got distinctly less than average results, <laughs> 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 but enough to scrape me the the career that I started with. Um, but um, I would suggest that that wasn't the most enjoyable uh, time uh, that I've ever had, really.
0: Yeah. So you, you think that those subjects specifically helped you into the military? Were they? How did they support you in the military?
1: Yeah. Uh, do, do you know what? Um, and and to be perfectly honest, they didn't. They didn't. Um, okay. I, th- I think the requirement at the time, and I, and I'm not up to date on this. I think you needed two A levels. And they could have been A-levels in anything. What I took were A-levels that I thought my parents thought I should take, that my teachers thought that I should take. And that would probably look impressive in in, in any particular interview. And, yeah, I didn't enjoy them at all. Yeah. What a shame. Um, yes. Yeah. And, and, and that was borne out in the results, really. Um,
0: <laughs> and this is quite typical of, of so many peoples that they, they take subjects that they think they should take without really any idea of, of how that is going to move them forward into any particular career. So sitting where you are now, if you had the opportunity to go back, what subjects would you take now to actually support you in the career path that you've, you've taken
1: Yeah, so it definitely wouldn't be maths or physics. Uh, We can can rule those two out. Uh, Geography, absolutely fine. I think English would have been been a really good interest of mine. You know, it certainly would have suited me better than the other two. And potentially history, actually. So geography and history, they're normally kind of separated, aren't they, in school? But actually, that would have played more to my interests. I think rather than perhaps pinning my colours to the mast right here and saying those are the three that I would definitely take, I would probably tell myself to do the subjects that i liked the most that i had the most affinity with or the ones that i just enjoyed it, it, because actually that's what makes the difference it, it, if you enjoy something it gets more of your effort just subconsciously because it does and 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 actually then you're not doing your a levels anymore are you you're you're actually you know writing down and recording stuff that you enjoy spending your time doing absolutely um, is is what Mm. I would say and 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 now knowing that you didn't need any specific subjects to join the military uh yeah I'd definitely (laughs) (laughs) make a different choice
0: so thinking about your current role Mm. those suggestions English history how would those necessarily have supported a career path to where you are right now
1: yeah Really good. And actually, now that you've just said that, I've just thought of one thing. So in terms of influencing people, a wide range of people, you need to be able to get across the reasons why that we are doing this, the reasons why they should be doing this and, you know, why it's all a great, great idea for all of us to be doing this. And actually, that's a lot about storytelling. You know, uh, you you can list it in bullet points or you like that isn't going to engage people. You have to engage people in many different ways and being able to communicate well. Okay, so being able to understand how a story is put together. What is it that people like to hear and in what medium? And of course, English plays into that fantastically well, doesn't it? I mean, equally, you need to be able to explain to people why you're in the position that you are. So what have we learned from our own corporate history um, that we're going to take forward? And of course, history isn't just about learning dates and all of the kings and queens of England. It's actually about analysing what happened, why did it happen, what could have happened. And actually, by doing that, that's strategy in reverse. Because all you're doing is you're flipping that the other way and you're asking what could happen, what might happen, (laughs) what will we do if it does happen? And you only know that by understanding how an organisation works, so there's that analytical side to it. There's that understanding of things in an unemotional way, you know, uh, of, of why we are where we are.
0: Yeah, I think I think history is a is a great um, is a great subject to take to develop those analytical skills. Mm. I know I I took history at um, the equivalent of A levels in South Africa, but I suppose another element of that uh, that analytical element in history is that you actually get to look at and consider the different perspectives and I think that's really interesting isn't it being able to actually see things from different angles and to understand motives or you know decisions that were made etc which which is really really important isn't it to be able to actually see things from different perspectives
1: it's hugely important and i don't think a day goes by without somebody telling me uh, a reason why we shouldn't or couldn't do something because of an angle that i i haven't considered because i don't have that viewpoint or i don't have that depth of vision for example that they do coming from where they are so no you're absolutely right uh, different perspectives are the things that make things work properly um, and otherwise you're just going down your own path
0: so what advice would you give to your younger self? around training or qualifications or career pathways what advice do you have
1: to my younger self i i I would say pick something that you enjoy yeah and go after it just 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 go after it because i was very fortunate in that i saw top gun when i was 10
0: (laughs) (laughs) so did i many many times
1: (laughs) and that determined what my first career was going to be and i just loved the whole idea of it and so i went after it with everything i mean if I hadn't have made that, I don't know. There wasn't a plan B, you know, and I'll be upfront about that, but it did, it, it came to pass and I am not genius. I'm not any, you know, it was, there's nothing special about that. I just did the work because I knew what I wanted and it was pulling me towards it. So what I would say is don't do what you think people are expecting you to do or, you know, whatever expectations you think are out there, because that's just you thinking that people, excel at things that they enjoy things that they want to do and things that they've had control over so my younger self I would just say don't narrow your options quite so much because at that point you can do anything
0: absolutely when you're at school
1: and the only thing that you can do is actually start to narrow your options and do you really want to be doing that at the age of 14 15 16 whatever it is and just say yes to more stuff because actually it's All of the experiences and, you know, I can't remember any specific maths lesson that I ever did, but I can remember the expeditions that I went on as part of D of E and things like that. So so actually, I would say to myself, do more, do wider stuff. Don't just kind of like limit yourself to making sure that the academics are all there. They're really important, but they're not the be all and end all, is what I would say to myself.
0: I think that's fantastic. And I really like that uh, suggestion of saying yes to more stuff,
1: Mm.
0: because ultimately... It is down to the experiences that you have and the um, opportunities that you've embraced. So when you come to, you know, getting an interview, your first job interview or maybe an interview at university or whatever it might be, if you've just got a set of A-levels and nothing else to add, you can become quite two dimensional. It is about all of those other experiences that actually give you the skills to start a career, you know, and to become a really valuable member of an organization. So saying yes to more things, I think, is definitely the the phrase of today. (laughs) (laughs) So finally, obviously, you've got into this position, you've had a really quite exciting early career and, and really interesting latter career What are your plans for the future? What's next?
1: Well, you've joined me at a really interesting moment in my career, actually, uh, because I've made the decision to move on from what I'm currently doing in the next few months. And uh, actually, my plan is to take a little bit of a break, recharge and respond. I am very fortunate to be able to do that. And and I understand that. But actually, what I'd like to do now is, is probably even more variety and into my life if 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 that if I can explain that a little more by having a portfolio career to be honest and, and so so rather than coming to work for the same organization every day and, and and aiming towards that is actually to fill my days with with a variety of things that will generate income and some money and above all be things that I'm really into and enjoy. So so you, you love the
0: outdoors don't you Barry? So I so do. what are your plans? I do.
1: I do. So, so actually I'm going to go in and I'm going to do all of my mountain leader qualifications and D of e, expedition leader qualifications, just so I can play a really active part in, in helping young people enjoy expeditions. And it's something that I just love doing. It's just being outdoors. <laughs> is fantastic. I, uh, I've, you know, no illusions. That's not going to be the, the world's greatest money earner, but actually it's, it's something that I want to do and your life is actually about doing things that you want to do and being that's able to it. spend time doing them. So so that's going to form part of it. Other aspects are going to be, you know, potentially some some coaching, leadership exec coaching, whatever we want to call it. But uh, yeah, I'm just taking some time now to uh to, to actually build up something of my own, which is something I haven't done before. It's always been part of a larger organization. So
0: that's yeah. really, really super exciting. And I think it is so important to Develop opportunities, develop your career in an area that you're really passionate about. I know that is something that I I always work with my clients to identify, because obviously if you're working in something that you love, in an industry you love, then obviously you're going to enjoy your, your job that much more. But I think, you know, you breaking away from corporate to start a portfolio career is mega exciting, especially that you're going to be, you know, outdoors doing all this wonderful stuff. But um, I think by embracing portfolio career, the opportunities are endless, aren't they?
1: It gives me a chance to say yes to a lot of things, really. Exactly. Um, (laughs) And going back to what we were saying earlier, some of them will not work. That's a guarantee, you know? but I get to change my mind I, <laughs> I get to like decide either I'm not enjoying it as much as I thought it was no it's not going to support me in the way that I think it needs to so I need to do something different but at least I'll be doing it based on some proof and not just um you know a wild idea
0: yes and I think the portfolio career model is certainly something which is becoming so much more popular nowadays that you don't have to go to work for one employer you can actually have multiple income streams and yeah it just allows you to to cherry pick if uh, if that's possible the 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 types of roles and contracts or activities you get involved in that suit you and suit your interest and amazing
1: yeah definitely i mean it's not without uh you know a, a good healthy amount of fear i don't want of to <laughs> uh, suggest to anybody listening to this that uh, it's all going to be plain sailing and that i think it's all going to be wonderful straight from the off there is that butterfly in your stomach but actually turn that around and, and use that to go out there and, and do the work that needs to be done as well as you know climbing the mountains that I want to climb
0: exactly <laughs> stuff
1: that needs to be done with it but uh, but yeah no I'm, I'm really looking forward to it
0: fantastic thank you Barry thank you so much for joining us I've really enjoyed hearing all about your career and uh, and having the conversation uh very best of luck with that portfolio career
1: that's brilliant no thanks very much I've really enjoyed this
0: Thanks for listening to another career story from the field. If you enjoyed this conversation, please follow or subscribe. Thanks for listening.